0: Hi everyone, welcome back to another edition of the LGBT Wellness Roundup. This is Corey. We have a lot of great stories to share with you today, uh, including several that don't have to do with the pandemic, so that's um, nice to mix it up a little bit. Um, As always, if any of the stories are interesting to you and you would like to um, read them and follow up, you can find the links to everything we're going to discuss at blog.lgbthealthlink.org, where we have a written version of every roundup. So without further ado, let's go to our first story of the week, Measuring the Impact of Inclusive Policies A new study led by Alex McDowell examined the impact of states banning gender identity-related discrimination in health coverage, it found that in states issuing such non-discrimination policies between the years 2014 and 2016, there was an associated decrease in suicidality among gender minorities within the first year of implementation. So in other words, when states um, banned discrimination in healthcare, uh, there was a, um, a downward turn in suicidality um, rates among gender minorities, which is great news. These results suggest that improving access to care and decreasing stigma could have a positive impact on mental health. So there's kind of two sides to that coin. There's the fact that when we ban gender identity discrimination, people are actually able to access services. And then the other side is just that, you know, this kind of thing, when people read about it in the newspaper, um, you know, they they feel like there's less um, stigma against them. They feel more included and welcome in society. You know, when people um, hear that this change happened who are working in the healthcare profession. You know, they they may kind of undo some of their unconscious bias that they may have had. So all of these factors, you know, work together and clearly have a a direct mental health um, impact. And of course, that's not even to mention all the other positive impacts of banning gender identity-based discrimination. Next up, few states collecting SOGI data during crisis. AM New York reported on a legislative effort in the Empire State to have the public health system begin collecting sexual orientation and gender identity data, also known as SOGI data, during the COVID-19 pandemic. Few states have actually done this so far, and those include California and Pennsylvania, Meaning that it's really hard to um, measure the impact of COVID-19 on the LGBTQ community. We know, of course, that the community um, has higher rates of issues such as uh, tobacco use um, and uh, and asthma, and those things can certainly uh, lead to higher complications from COVID-19. We also know that the community is more likely to experience homelessness, be involved in um, things like the child welfare system, where you know there's there's more risk put on people. Right now. So there's a lot of factors that we can use to extrapolate that LGBTQ people are disproportionately impacted, but it would be great to have actual data on the numbers. And unfortunately, that's not coming from the federal government, and very few states are taking leadership on this. In our next story, long-lasting prep shows promise. Dallas Voice reported on a new form of PrEP that is injected once every two months instead of taking orally each day. In a trial, the newly injectable version was found to be 69% more effective at preventing HIV infection than the current daily pill. And that's pretty impressive because we know that PrEP is overall a very effective method for people to prevent, um, you know, contracting HIV. So the fact that this is even more effective than that um, is really exciting a long-acting injectable is seen as an attractive alternative to a pill where people really have to take it every day to reach the full level um, of efficacy. So this could eliminate a lot of barriers from people having to um, go into you know, uh, the pharmacy all the time, um, remember to take the pill every day. You know, For people who don't have stable housing, um, that it can be really challenging to keep track of pills. So um, this is overall really exciting news. Next up, gender minority youth face mental health disparities. The Trevor Project published new research finding that transgender and non-binary youth were at least twice as likely as their cisgender LGBTQ peers to have experienced depressive symptoms or attempted suicide. So in other words, even within the LGBTQ youth population, those youth who are trans or non-binary had a huge disparity in terms of depressive symptoms and suicide attempts. Transgender males were, among all the gender identity groups, those who were most likely to have faced these challenges. Now, it's important to know that the Trevor Project offers a lot of services um, that have been particularly useful for youth right now during the pandemic. They don't have access to the same uh, social support systems that they normally do. They may be trapped in a non-supportive or even abusive household. So definitely look up the Trevor Project if you or someone you know needs assistance.